and we were very confident within five years I'd be able to leave engineering, come on full time, and with a little luck at three years. Fast forward eight months in, Tracy's like, you're either coming over or I'm hiring you. your replacement yeah. because this thing's not gonna grow without you. And, I, and she goes, you keep saying you don't like what you do, like shit or get off the pot. Thought about it for a day or two and went, let's do this thing. Get, put a six week notice in, went to my boss, told him, he shook my hand and went, I knew this was coming one of these days. Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not gonna be 100% in, I'm not gonna do it. Come on, man, just be yourself. Yeah, and, like, and just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Andrew, cheers, brother. Hey, cheers. Thanks for having me out. Thanks for taking the ride, man. Absolutely. You're, uh, you're the first out-of-state fireside chat oh this is like a big deal then <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool we had people inquire yeah especially guys from the den that's how we met in the lion's yes, den yes we did shout out to lions not sheep and sean the liberal media is coming after him sean we got your back bro yes we do uh he rolled up today in a lion's <laughs> not sheep shirt representing the whole way down 95 um yeah we had a couple people inquire and it just we weren't there yet because it really started the basis of hey let's give local business owners a commercial who are not the the people that are going to get on social media so some of my customers clients and friends that i've looked up to as mentors they don't mess with social media they're in their late 50s they don't really care their businesses may have one yep. but their story wasn't out there and i knew it i've had these people as clients or friends for 15 16 years now and it was impactful on me. I'm like, why don't I help share that story and then give other young business owners a commercial? And then it started to gain traction and now it's gaining more traction. And yes, it is. you've seen some of the people that have been on and it's been really humbling and fun. And I'm not gonna sit here and act like Evan and I didn't dream this up. We did and it's working, but I've dreamed up a lot of other things in the past and it didn't work. So you're the first one to come in from out of state. I thank you for taking the six-hour ride. Absolutely. Thank Quickly, you. Quickly, what do you think about Jersey and where we're at? Holy cow. So I had no expectation. My only other time to Jersey was like an hour and a half layover at Newark Airport. And you, know, you could see all kind of all the industrial stuff off. Smokestacks. So that's really all I ever thought of New Jersey, even being honest. And so it's this super cool East Coast chill vibe. You can darn near walk everywhere you want to go. All these cool restaurants and bars and breweries beach vibe boardwalk like i'm just blown away like i had no idea it was like this and i'm i'm in love with here i kind of wish i lived here <laughs> yeah we're gonna have to get tracy yes who is your business partner and wife yep as well as the two kids up and come enjoy some great. Of the, the jersey shore life the pool the yard um anyway a little uh housekeeping for the podcast for your friends and viewership that are going to see this this show really started, and I just gave a little bit of a prelim to this, really started based on Ryan's life, right? What did Ryan go through? And as I was a young kid who was chippy and a little mouthy and thought I knew everything and wasn't willing to listen, it was really hard to find help. A little bit of that was me, a little bit of that was these older guys were chasing down their goals for their family. And I don't harbor any ill will towards any of them that I worked with in the firm. But I always said once I had a couple shekels, I was going to turn around and help the next guy back up the ladder. So this show is about giving a commercial to other business owners 
sharing their story either, leaving the corporate world like you did and going into business ownership, entrepreneurship, or your, your life struggle. Hey, you know, you may be an entrepreneur, you're inside of a sales organization for maybe insurance or for medical devices, whatever it may be, we want your story out there to inspire the next person who's going through it currently. So that's what the show is all about. And everything that I've learned about you and Tracy and your firm embodies that. So that is why you're here today. So again, thank you for coming. Thank you. So Zimmer Law Firm, right? I'm saying yeah. that correctly. Yes. You, yep. That's and it. What do you guys do exactly? We're an estates and trusts firm. So about... <clears throat> Half the practice is in estate planning, right? So putting together, you know, protection plan, how to pass assets to the next, you know, generation, trying to avoid probate when people want to do that, tax structuring. Um, the other part of the practice then is estate and trust administration. So whenever, you know, people lose loved ones, carrying probate. out the estate, going through probate, handling inheritance taxes, all the notifications and just all of that paperwork and legal process. And our goal is to really give like a concierge white glove service to people, give them peace of mind and just say, you don't have to know all of this. That's what we're here for. Just tell us what needs kind of at the high level, what needs done or what your like goals are and we'll handle it. Yeah, and it's it's complex. Uh, I can't talk too much about it myself because of compliance. We talked about this earlier, but uh, I've walked through a lot of those scenarios beforehand as well as after. And uh, there's a lot to know. You need to have somebody you absolutely trust because, again, we said this earlier too, there's so many moving pieces. You could be a CEO of a Fortune 1000 company and still not understand all the moving parts that comes to an estate plan uh, or business structure yes. and, and uh, an estate plan. So you and your firm do that well, and you guys have had great growth. But I want to I rewind it and jump back into your life, talk about Tracy a little bit as well. Grew up in the the suburbs of Pittsburgh, right? Yes. Big Steelers fan. You know it. Yeah, Zeke, baby, feed that <laughs> man. Last game I right, was at. So, you know, here right, we're at the same football game. Don't even know it. We're yeah. probably within a couple of rows and st- things of each other. And yeah. uh, yes, we got beat. You guys won. <laughs> yeah, I remember walking out of the stadium just talking so much trash to the Pittsburgh fan. Feed that man. I'm surprised I didn't get punched in the face. He crushed it the fourth quarter. He yeah. just racked it up and that put that screen thing away. pass, dude. He just ran yes, past he did. everybody. <laughs> And then, you know, the last, he just ran through the line for the last <laughs> run. Um, Pittsburgh is, you know, really a, a city that was built off of the steel manufacturers, right? Yes. The, 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 the state of PA was that old school, hardworking family, you know, parents back then worked in those types of factories. Talk a little bit about your childhood and growing up in that area and what yeah. you were exposed to, what you saw in your household. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I grew up in, uh, you know, when I was little, you know, mom didn't work. She was a stay-at-home mom and had the difficult job of, you know, raising kids and doing that. My dad worked at a coal-fired power plant in the area. His dad was a steel worker. Um, yeah, you know, that was the kind of culture, kind of, you know, tr- you know, traditional, blue-collar, middle-class family values, putting the time in with each other, doing the chores, going outside, cutting grass, you know, work hard, play hard, but there was a lot of work involved and that was how we did it. And you don't realize how much that like impression, you know, gets into you and you really learn from a a young age, put the work in, you know, stay after it, treat people well, you know, family matters, having friendships, community. 
And that was that was what I grew up in. It was the old school America, manufacture yeah. coal, steel, work hard, stay at home mom, taught your kids values. Where do you see America today? Talking from a business owner perspective, or maybe talking from a perspective of why other people won't take the leap of faith like you have from the corporate structure and maybe lacking a little bit of what you and I had. I think it's this like safety net, right? You get conditioned into, well, I've got healthcare, I've got retirement, you know, my, you know 3% match, mm-hmm. I've got a salary that's letting me pay for the mortgage, go on a vacation. And I think you get just kind of walked into like, that's what it's supposed to be, right? I think media and everybody tells us that's the goal, that's it. In this, I think it's like the safety culture of like, don't do too much, there's too much risk, it's too scary, don't do it. And people like us, it's like, that's not for me. You know, I'd yeah. rather live and die with like my own sword. You know, yeah. I'm not afraid of the eat what you kill model. Yeah. I'm totally okay with, I will go get more than you and then I deserve more. Yeah. Um, but that's not for everybody. But I, I think it's changed over the last 30 or 40 years from have, there were certain types of jobs and like a lifestyle that, that, that afforded that back maybe in the 60s, 70s, and even like through the 80s. And that has now changed to, yeah, it doesn't go as far. You're lower middle class or on the brink of poverty. You, you are. Sadly, especially with 9% inflation. Yeah. Even you think you talk to people, you, you like the, the $100,000 salary, you know, that's phrased out of the early 80s. You know, today's dollars, that's $490,000 or something. It's like, it's different, but people still kind of keep these same targets and mindsets and they're playing catch up now. Well, in my opinion, the system itself, the, the central banking system has continued to get wealthier and the number is still, I'll pay you a hundred grand and people think that's good to your point, but it's, it's nothing. So it's everybody not else keeps getting no. wealthier, but they're not passing it down. And it's because of the power structure that is currently set up today. So grew up in the suburbs, play sports in high school. I did. I played some basketball, played football, and I played volleyball. How um, tall are you? Uh, just a hair over six six. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you, you, I need to get ten foot clearance yeah, in my I have house. To, for yeah, you. I'm used to ducking places <laughs> and things. It's just kind of ingrained in me at this point. <laughs> yeah, you're a tall dude. You're a tall guy. So, what was your favorite sport? Um, football. So, you know, being the tall guy, you'd think basketball. I, I really liked basketball, but I, I played football. I went out sophomore year and. Um, that like level of aggression, DN, tight end. That's what I was. I was, you know, tight end on offense and defensive end on defense. And um, defense was fun because it was like a controlled rage. Mm-hmm, <laughs> which, yeah. hey, I can get kind of fired up. Yeah. It was cool to be like, you've got quarterback contain, just go smack somebody mm-hmm. really hard and go after yeah, him. Yeah, hit him right in the mouth. And, and the it chin. was like, that's really all you want me to do. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, that's really all we want you to do. I wasn't great, but it was just an awesome outlet. Um, the team structure, you know, Egos really, I think, went away. Sometimes in basketball, there's five guys on the court. You're really fighting for positions. There can be a little bit more ego just the way the game's played. Football was such a quarterback can be awesome, but if the center can't get him the ball, this thing's going to collapse and be a fumble and going back the other way. And so I think I really enjoyed that aspect. So talking about getting out that aggression, and I was the same way. Maybe if it was either fighting outside of that, and not, again, not, not that I wanted to be a tough guy, but I did have anger and aggression issues. What did you think that stemmed from? You know, we talked a little bit about this earlier. You know, maybe as a younger kid, you didn't have a ton of friends in the neighborhood or in school. And, and again, 
I want nuggets out there in these types of settings that someone who may be going through that struggle or just got out of it, that other people did it and they ended up in a good place later on in your life. Absolutely, yeah. Talk I, a little bit about your experience with yeah, that. I had, you know, I've got a brother who's a year and a half younger than me and growing up and I had two best friends that were next door neighbors. After that, I did not have a lot of friends through middle school, um, high school. I was homeschooled for three years, uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, which are formative years. I'm really glad I was. I learned a lot, a lot of good family values. But kind of when you went back then, it was like friendships were starting to be made, the cliques were forming, you're kind of like the new kid in school even though you know them. And I just never really fit in real well. And I think, you know, there was parties going on or guys on the football team were going out and I was left out a lot. And, um, you know, it just, it kind of like can be a lonely feeling and you're like, I'm not good enough. And I think I channeled that into this just like, I have to beat all of you at everything I can in life. And I totally get it. Now, you know, people kind of go, you just seem so hyper-focused. It's like, I've never forgot that. I'm not angry about it. But now it's just like, it's kind of helped drive me to a certain point that now I'm like, let's just use that and keep kind of funneling it now to better things. But, you know, people doubted me. People didn't think I was good enough, smart enough, cool enough. You know, I was the smart kid. Uh, A lot of people, you know, wanted to like copy my homework. Mm -hmm. A lot of people wanted me to help them figure something out, but weren't like on the social aspect. I was not good enough. And I felt like I never really forgot that. Yeah. And again, a lot of times... You can use those things. I had similar things happen in high school where I was in the smaller classes. I had an IEP. They classified me ADHD. And I always had this label that they put on me. And that was like this fuel, this chip. That that also did get me in trouble until I learned to hone it in and channel it in the right areas. And still to this day, if I want to unleash it, it, it does come out. But I don't think it ever fully goes away. But you do let go of the anger. You do let go of anybody who may be annoyed. And still to this day, every counselor or nurse or anybody who, you know, classified me a certain way, I don't hold anything against them. And you move past it. But for the people who are struggling in high school and have that same lonely feeling that you did, look how this guy has turned out. You have a great life, great wife, beautiful kids. You're, you're you. on your UTV, you're shooting your guns, you got your camper, <laughs> you fun. got a beautiful home, you're living life. So it, it, it ends, it, you know, and there's a lot of stuff with teen suicide. We had an organization come on, they do a great job, they go into the school districts and they talk about these things. You don't have to figure it out right this second. Yes. You're in high school. Uh, I'm sorry to run on, but it's no. something I am passionate about, and you're a testament. Yeah, and um, it was really cool. So when I, went, I got to college, um, the guys next door to me. Um, Where'd you go? Gannon University up in Erie, Pennsylvania, right. l- little private school. And the guy next to me had a poster on his wall. And I'll never forget, walked in. You know, parents had just left, went over, shook hands, introduced ourselves. And it said, uh, rarely in life do you have the chance to reinvent yourself. And I saw that and went, nobody knows me. I can... I can, you know, that, I'm not bringing that in here and all that baggage unless I intentionally do that now. Mm-hmm. And so right then and there, I was kind of like, I am, I'm, I'm smart, I'm hardworking, I'm fun, I'm worth being around. And I feel like right then and there, I really changed. And I remember my parents saw, you know, Christmas break when I came home a couple of times, but it was like within that next year, they were like, you, like you're different. Mm-hmm. It was, I think I felt like I could be who I really was. Yeah, and that's the value in college. It's not the bullshit academia courses, 
or the indoctrination that it was friendships there. and just some space to get it figured out and a chance it was for me it was a clean break i went to that school with no one from my high school went there sometimes you know whole groups go schools yeah. i went there without a single friend it was a clean start and i think that was one of the best things i ever did from that, that aspect that's awesome and what'd you study in school electrical engineering yeah so you're an engineer by trade yeah which i do absolutely none of now <laughs> yeah but you use a lot of that problem solving and yeah. critical thinking and the way i tackle problems it's an it was a great skill set so you come out of college you then go into defense contractor space yes you went and worked for north grumman north yep. how do you say that north of grumman north of yep, grumman down in baltimore and you were an engineer for them mm-hmm. You then went to Rolls-Royce helping uh, be an engineer there as well. And then you went to, uh, I forget the last one, another defense contractor. Back and they run, it's called Bettis Laboratory in the Pittsburgh area. <clears throat> and what were you doing in all three of those companies um, as an engineer? There's multiple roles as an engineer. Yeah, everything from, you know, kind of individual contributors. So helping to, like, solve the problems, design systems. Um, at Northrop, we worked in... Uh, space systems so we were basically making intelligent satellites and running those and everything we did with that did you see elon (laughs) no but actually that was at the same time that that spacex was was blowing up and we had a lot of folks that i was working with that were jumping ship to go over there because pay was good it was less restrictive because again the government and the class like classified world that i worked in it's hyper locked down Mm -hmm. and people wanted to get you know something different so a lot of folks went to go work for him that i knew yeah, I, I can imagine. How are they doing today? I honestly have lost touch. <laughs> um, that was probably the downside of the super classified world and you know all of the clearances is that it Everybody was, it was hard box. to have like good friendships in that because you're kind of not supposed it's to. done on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, by design. So when you left the last defense contractor, mm-hmm. what was your income? I think right around $75,000 a year. And you had been doing that space and job for how many years? Uh, just under a decade, like nine and a half. So how old were you when you left? Um, that would have been tw- 2018, so 33. 33 years old. Yeah. So at 33 years old, did you have a, a child yet? Were yeah, you- so we had Maddie. She was um, coming up on her first birthday. And your wife, Tracy, who is the lawyer within the firm, uh, you act as kind of like the business development, marketing, yes. and we'll get into that yep. a little bit later. Um, she was inside of a, another law firm, also making similar money, yeah. probably busting her her tail. Yeah, and she was you know developing you know her her skills in this estates and trust world. She had some really great mentors, um, and from her side, she was developing the book of business. She was getting her own clients and she was really good in that space. Not only a good attorney at solving the legal problems to work with people, but getting clients. And during that space, she started going, I want to go out on my own. And it's not going to be starting from scratch because I know these people will come with me because they want to work with me. And, and that was where that started to be born out of those conversations of her saying, you know, that was part of her vision. And then she finally got to a tipping point and said, I'm just doing this. So, and I could see that in a lot of people, right? The, the frustration builds and then something just blows the lid off it. And, you know, you either get fired, quit, and then you're, you're forced into going to jump off the cliff. I'm sure you guys are strategic about it. I want to talk about the household family office meetings, right? So I'm sure you guys will sit down at the dinner table 
or over a glass. I, Tracy, I hear you don't like bourbon. That does make me <laughs> upset. But let's just say a really nice glass of Sauvignon Blanc or a Cab, yep. whatever it may be. And you guys would discuss this. What were those discussions like between you and Tracy Man. about starting your own thing? Yeah, so in the early days, you know, it went from her saying, I'm thinking here in the next year. Well, I'm thinking in the next six months. And then I remember she came home one day and just said, I, I'm doing this, I'm doing this now. I'm just, I'm tired of making this hour and a half drive, having to go to the office, not feeling like I'm being really respected with being all of the clients I'm bringing in and just, I want to do my own thing. And so I really wanted to be supportive. But my engineering mindset makes me very conservative and very like risk averse and really, you guys need spreadsheets everything has to work out on the spreadsheet <laughs> like, i mean you're or not, it doesn't work yes like you're not kidding yeah. at all i have and a friend so, john achille like that john <laughs> i know you don't listen to the podcast but i'm gonna make you listen to this one so it was so i mean it was a very you know she's going i have faith in myself i believe and i want to do this and i'm going okay great so how many clients do you have what comes in a month what software do you need where's your office space gonna be what's the lease and we kind of start building out like a high-level business plan and went, I'm pretty sure even with like a fudge factor that's against us, you're going to make more money. Like even if we don't do a great job, you're going to be at or above where you are. And she was like, I'm totally in. So we said, all right, let's pull the trigger. So she took the leap of faith first. Yes. Now, without getting too crazy into your personal finances, a lot of times for the people who are watching this show, you know, they may be at a point where they got a $3,000 a month mortgage payment. They got a $150,000 salary. You know, their spouse makes another hundred fifty grand, So they got $300,000 of household income. But as you see where we are here, it's extremely expensive to live, right? So how did you guys come up with those funds? Was it just straight out of disposable income that you were continuing to bring in? Did you guys pull from some of your own personal savings? How did you get up and get the money for the office space, the furniture, getting the legal documents in place? Yeah, I mean, that was, I think that's a lot of it. And that's what we tell other people was, we started really mapping this out. Um, we were we were in a space where we did okay. We had some credit card debt. I mean, she, she had undergrad loans. Law school loans. I mean, I always jokingly called her law school a second home. Who doesn't that uh, in, the, in their early 30s as life is starting out? You know, we did that. Um, we'd had a f our first baby. We were in our old house. Um, you know, we were, you know, we weren't making like $200,000 a piece. You know, we were doing all right, but it was, we did not have tons of extra. That money was in retirement accounts. Yeah. and um, Locked up. So that's what they do. I mean, no joke, right? you're like, looking at it going, what penalties do I have to take if I have to tap yeah, into this, yeah. if I really have it to? It doesn't matter. It's worth it still. And so, you know, we're looking at all that. Um, we had some savings. We tried to be really strategic. We used, you know, we had a friend, um, an amazing, you know, partner that Tracy's had, you know, um, we've worked with, uh, you know, for a lot, lot of years, uh, the Moose and Eggies, and they hooked us up with a spare office in the back corner of their suite for That's like awesome. 200 bucks a month. Good friend. I think it already had a desk in there. You know, we were buying used furniture on Facebook Marketplace. I mean, I remember the day that we rented a U-Haul, picked all of this furniture up for the office and stuck it in our garage. I mean, we started there. We weren't buying the expensive stuff day one. Dude, first of all, how crazy expensive is office furniture? I think they make it more expensive just because it's business. Yeah, and then, like, you think, like, oh, we're going to go to these liquidation companies and we're going to get it cheaper. When I, I, I told you I picked up my little satellite office yeah. here just to get out of the house and not drive all the way to Red Bank. We have very similar furniture. I think it's I think so. the same exact thing. 
and I was looking around and I saw your furniture. I liked it. Matt Lang had similar <laughs> furniture, and I'm like, ten grand for two desks and a, yes. a little table. You're like, yes. what's going on here? It's mind blowing. So we were able to get you know use things. Um, but those are big lifts for people as they start to look into the prices. It becomes overwhelming. It's huge, you know. So you've got to be strategic. We said we'll get there one day, but you know I don't have to have the absolute greatest. Um, a lot of times I got to jump in. People think, and, and Jordan Peterson said something along these lines. I'm going to mess it up a little bit, but he said too many people. You need to relate that at well. the break. <laughs> too many people want to come up with the perfect idea yep. when it comes to business. The perfect looking office because you know what other wealthy people in that space are doing. The perfect employees. You just got to take a step forward. You may not even end up doing that step that you took forward five years from now, but that step helped you learn and fail forward. And I think too many times when you're starting to add the bills up to rent, the desk, the this, the that, it it's, you know, paralysis by analysis and people need to not do that they need to just take action you've nailed it um it's and and people don't understand how much it's a it's a human connection and in the in the value add between people you know they it's a nice office nice absolutely but if you're not treating them the right way if you're not giving them the right product and making it that whole experience it doesn't matter if you've got the nice desk or not or the awesome conference room it's coming down to the you know the people across the table from you I did it. Um, Sean Mulligan and Lauren Mulligan, they're great people. They're very involved in the, the Seagirt community. Shout out to Sean and Laura. I love you guys. You're good people. Um, I was already in the financial planning business. I was working for another firm. My partner at the time, Guy Tierndoll, and I were like, we're done with this. This place is all about their pocket. They're never caring about us. We're going on our own. And we weren't like top, top producers at the time. We were. I was a young guy still figuring out how to manage my emotions and not go off the handle. And, you know, Guy was a little bit older than I was, but he still wasn't uh, where he wanted to be in his career. And we saw this space in Seagirt, which was stunning, to Sean's credit and, and Laura's credit designing it. It was where the city meets the sea, and everything was glass partitions, beautiful mahogany floors. And we were able to rent out half the building for 2500 bucks a month. And Guy and I would split the rent, and we're like, this is going to help us get, you know, so many more clients. It didn't do anything. <laughs> they don't care. No one gave a shit. <laughs> nope. We were the only ones that gave and we, yeah. were, we were spending big money, yeah. you know, to do so. So a lot of times when people are looking to take that leap, they need to just go do it. That's why I tell everybody. It's a decent plan with action is better than waiting for that perfect plan with no action. And that's what we did. I mean, we had a, a one office in someone else's office sharing conference rooms, mostly working out of the spare bedroom in our house. We had two desks side by side. Now, were you still at Yeah, so I'm, and so I'm doing, you know, engineering all day from, you know, eight to five, come home, dinner with Tracy, hang out with Maddie for a little bit, put her to bed. And then, you know, at that point, then I'd go work on the website. I'd go deposit checks, mess around at QuickBooks and do that till 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And then we would do that on the weekends. And I did that for a year. It was it's exhausting, but it's what it takes. It's a grind, yeah. It's it, and there's no sugarcoating that. You're going to work all day as an engineer, coming home. You're getting on the QuickBooks. Now we talked about this a little bit, but your role again in the firm is the website, Google, 
spreadsheets. We yep. talked about you love spreadsheets. Yes, they get you excited. <laughs> right? That's not Tracy's gig. Tracy right. is a brainiac when it comes to tax planning, litigation, probate. It was always keep her in the legal space as much as possible because then she's billing That's it what as, makes as money. that role. And well then and I go, I actually like all the other things, so this is like a match made in heaven then. So talk about how you felt about that exhaustion, because people don't see it with Evan and I. I have a full-time job that I have a firm and clients that I don't let down. Yes. I pick up every phone call I get back with by the end of the day. I come home, I'm a dad. I have the freedom and flexibility, thankfully, to go to the park, swim with my son, see my beautiful daughter, and hang out with my wife. But I'm burnt a lot. We just took two weeks off. I'm recharged and we're ready to go. Talk about what you were telling yourself mentally when you were that exhausted, because you had to be. Yeah, so you know it was there and we started talking, you know, I wanted out of the corporate world. I was not loving it, I was not happy. I had the Sunday scaries, I had anxiety, I hated going to work every day. It was just this dread feeling. But even as tired as I was, I was amped up to start my second job at seven, eight o'clock at night. You're the man. And, um, we started having these talks on like, when could I maybe come in full time? What would the revenue need to look like to be able to take on that, the salary and switch things over? So we started coming up with these targets and like, what would it look like? What's the revenue? What's the projections? What have we seen over the past couple of months? And we were very confident within five years, I'd be able to leave engineering, come on full time. And with a little luck at three years, fast forward eight months in Tracy's like, you're either coming over or I'm hiring you. your replacement yeah. because this thing's not going to grow without you. And I, and she goes, you keep saying you don't like what you do, like shit or get off the pot. Thought about it for a day or two and went, let's do this thing. Get, put a six week notice in, went to my boss, told him, he shook my hand and went, I knew this was coming one of these days. And talk about that trepidation. Talk about that anxiety to leave that steady paycheck, especially as an engineering mind, right? You guys like known outcomes. You guys like to have, a, again, I'm joking, but a spreadsheet no, you're, that lays out it. the math. But life is not that. You have to go off of concepts sometimes. You have to go off of luck, risk, whatever you want to call it. Talk about that fear and how someone may overcome it for themselves. It was, I mean, at that moment, that was probably the hardest decision I've ever made, um, to give that up. And I've got Tracy going, I believe in you, I believe in us, I believe in this thing we're doing together and we're gonna do something really special. But we have to take this risk to have you there all day long to free her up more to really grow it. And I'm going, where does it say that on a spreadsheet? Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing it, I hear it, mm -hmm. I understand it, but I don't see it being proven mathematically. And that made me freak out yeah, and um, money's not math math is not money yeah and so that was i think a big turning point to start seeing belief in yourself and action really really matters yeah and having a partner that pushes you and believes in you is also a big thing i see a lot of these corporate guys that i love my brother-in-law chris berg he, he's dedicated to new york life in new york life you are lucky to have this guy and he's very intelligent and he's one of the hardest workers I know. And I'm not saying he wants to, but you know, the, they've owned his life for the last 12 years. He has four children now. Thankfully this year, he stood up for himself a little bit and went out and said, I'm gonna go coach football. He was a good football player. He's got three sons that are playing football. And now he's gonna 
stay home and not go to the city those days and not work as hard as those days to go give back to his community. And those are the guys like Chris Berg, my brother-in-law, that we need giving back to the community and raising the next generation. He said to me the other day, he's like, I cursed in practice a couple times. I'm like, good, you know, <laughs> fuck these little yeah. kids, you know? They need an ass kicking, yep. you know? And um, just to be able to help people get over that hurdle and you coming and sharing your story, I, I really do appreciate it, Andrew. No, I thank you for the you know platform to do it. Yeah, that corporate world was so unforgiving. It's, I, I, I mean, it's slave-like, you know, and it shirt fits for some people, but I will not forget. So I took that last job at Bettis Laboratory um, six months before Tracy and I got married. We, um, so this would have been back in 2013. We get married, go on the honeymoon. I come back from the honeymoon Monday morning, check my email. Hey, all the um, government furlough stuff's going on and sequest, the sequestering budget stuff. You guys might not be getting paid in two weeks. This is what I've been working for. Like, this is the pinnacle of my life is to have someone go, by the way, we just might not have money for you anymore. And I think that kind of buildup over time is like, I'm done. Like, screw you, go you back guys. You to that kid who wasn't allowed to the party. <laughs> yeah. And you said, I'm going to go create my own life and my own freedom for yeah. myself and my family. So let's fast forward. You guys... Let's just say two years in. What were your what were your revenues that you were bringing into the firm? So, first year, you know, we consider a wild success. Uh, we we did just a hair over one hundred and fifty thousand. Um, like year two, then you know, so two years in, we're probably like three fifty, three seventy five. We're we're doing well. We're, we're taking home a nice chunk of that and going. This is good. Yeah. Um, we're having a heck of a lot of fun. This is special. We're paying things down. We're able to go, you know, pay for a nice trip to Disney World. We're starting to maybe think about buying a bigger house and going. We kind of made it. <laughs> so even right there, and that's a lot of times I think where some people misconstrued me that I'm just about money, and I want people to know that I'm not. I'm about more freedom and flexibility with the family. There was multiple times this week that my staff, my operations manager, Matt, who's great, are, are continuing to do things for my clientele and things keep moving down the field and I was in the pool with my son. You know, we had a, a rough two, three weeks with my daughter being in the hospital, you knew about that. So my son was a little off, yeah. as you can imagine. So I wanted to spend some extra time with him, give my wife a little break. My wife's the rock, she was in the hospital. It's not always about going to 500,000, 600,000, a million, and the revs that you do nowadays, sometimes you guys are now making the same, maybe slightly more than both of you guys, the income you were making before going on your own, but now you have more time with your family and each other. It's huge, so we, um, we're getting, next weekend we're going on our 10th camping trip of the year, we're big RVers. I can't, I don't count days off. I couldn't tell you how much PTO I've taken this year. We've built a system that lets me get out of the office, that team keeps working, we're available, I'm sending some emails, jumping systems. on a call when I need to. But I mean, before it was like, hey, here's your three weeks and a couple of sick days and you know, five more years, you get an extra week and there's no tracking it. We're either like being profitable or we're not. And when we're profitable and the team's working, we're jiving. It's a system that functions and allows us a lot of work from home. You know, as much as, I'll put it, you, you see this, like it's easy to see, oh, like 
Andrew and Tracy are out in the RV, they're in the Smoky Mountains, or they're riding side-by-sides, like that's all it is. I was up until last night, three in the morning, doing invoicing and payroll. Yeah, because you were coming here. Yeah, so I got three and a half hours of sleep last night because I had to take care of some stuff so that I could be in a car all day today. Yep. That's the not glamorous side. Yep. But it's completely worth it to me. Yeah, 100%, because the other time off in the camper and having the family and the dually is, is <laughs> something special. Yeah. So... I want to talk about systems since you brought up systems and we have talked about systems many times and mine aren't perfect. Um, I have partnership with IFC, Integrated Financial Concepts and Mike Marino and his team and we have a, a great staff that helps Ryan's business function and then I have my own staff and, and operations manager, Matt. And what I have realized is the more I pump money into those things, the more I take time on those things, which is kind of annoying. It is. Right? It's not a <laughs> revenue-producing activity, but it is, right? Because it pays me later. Talk about some of the systems you have in place, and then maybe we'll drill down a little bit deeper on one or two of them. Yeah. Um, one of the ones I liked, and it's very tangible, is kind of part of our like intake process, engagement letters, proposals to you know leads that become clients. And earlier this year, we went to a new software tool. Yeah, I mean, that's all I did for a week. What's yeah. it called? Uh, Clio, and then is the overall parent company, and then the new part we use is called Clio Grow. And it's a whole intake for law Gracias. firms. Haven't got a delivery for us. Thanks, Fisher sir. Island, they're delicious. All right. We're finishing up the bourbon. What'd you think about my old fashioned? <laughs> if this ever doesn't work out, you can be bartender. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll do whatever it takes to feed my family. That's the truth, and that's what this is all about. Yeah. So what does that system exactly do when it comes to the inbound leads? Is it a CRM? It's a CRM, right? And so what it does is we, you know, we get an inbound call or something. We can put the names, create the contact, where they came from, the referral source, tag notes, automate emails to them. Yeah. But the BCC, one, flip it back to the CRM. All of it. Yeah. The big piece that it does is... It took the way that we send engagement letters and proposals from about a 20-minute process down to probably about five minutes. Now, so, is that automated? Is it all templates that are saved within templates. there? It's templates. So, you know, once you put the contact in, then it's able to put that into an engagement letter. You know, mm -hmm. it's two clicks and you hit send. So you click new lead automatically. When you click new lead, templates come up. Yes. Then it goes to an automated AI, you know, blast. Email send blast. it out and it just yeah. goes. I can hit a button and send a follow-up. And so... I spent a week, you know, 40, 50 hours building this out. We say 15 minutes per engagement letter we send. We send, yeah, I don't know, five, 600 engagement letters a year. So saving 15 minutes times 500, yeah, that's a lot of time savings. Compound effect. But you don't feel like it in the moment when you're grinding through setting up the new tool. Yeah. And that has allowed you to free up a lot of time. Yeah. And what it does is it keeps you maybe from having to hire the next person you know I, we have a team we like growing it and being what that does in the community but again when you're efficient you don't have to just always throw manpower at it you can use tools and say you know hey could the two of us then take an, you know half an hour a day and add this piece in and it keeps you from having to hire you can go to part-time or you know, for a new hire and do that what are some <clears throat> other systems that you use within the firm i mean 
kind of everything. Everything. Yeah. You know, we're really mapped out because we do a lot of repeatable work. The mm -hmm. state planning kind of falls into a couple of buckets. Our state administration process, while it's lengthier, it's still a very start to finish system. And so we use Trello for project management and tasking the team. And so we have checklists and systems that we use to then task each person where the deadlines are. This probate comes in. This is going to Julie. I'm making up names. Yep. Johnny. This, you're going to create ask. this petition. When you get the petition, you push it here for a review. Once it goes to review, you're going to see if it needs renunciations. You're going to put that in a packet, give it here. Now, how do you guys communicate internally? Is it all just email, Teams? We use Microsoft Teams, email, and then Trello lets you add comments and things. So it's a blend of that. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I have a lot of different systems that are, you know, finance is, is very different because it's so regulated. I have to use yeah. their, their tools. Yeah, their tools. Uh, but still doing the same thing. And then talk about, I just realized I got stuff all over my shoe. All the, uh, what do you do in a sense of prospecting? So let's just say those letters come in, 500 go out. What percentage in that year convert to you doing some work for somebody and the firm getting paid? Yeah, so pretty much for every inbound lead, either referral or someone who finds us online, you know, emails us in, all that. Um, we convert about 50%. That's so, great, dude. Yeah, so we bounce between up. We've been tracking much better this year, and it, it's any given like month, it's between about 47 and 55%. Now, does the system, we're going back to Clio now, mm -hmm. does the system bank them for later and have other touch points or verticals of email that you can track and then send to them a different type of follow-up, not that initial email you sent maybe the year or two before? So it allows for it as we're building it out. So that's what I've been working on a lot this year then has been the follow-ups, the second, the third follow-ups. And now we're getting ready to start moving that into MailChimp then for like the long-term drip campaign of just this is kind of what we do. This is how we could help. This is how we could help maybe someone else in the family. Just be aware of what we do. You know, very not pushy, but just top of mind because I don't know when someone's gonna go into a nursing home and need to do a Medicaid spend down or when they're gonna lose a loved one and need to probate. So it's just sort of a gentle, like, let's stay in front of you because we can help. Yeah, they may have come in and they didn't do the planning yet and there's still time to do the planning and the estate planning side of law, it's always the planning you can't do when it's too late, right? Yes. It's like, I can't buy life insurance once I'm dead. Yeah, that, right? that we so, fall in that same model. So when it comes to that, type of, you know, I call banking names later. Um, you should take a look at Active Campaign also versus MailChimp. I will. All, all okay. day long. And then you can build different verticals. Are you segregating those people? So this person came in for probate. This person came in for CRT. This person came in for an islet. Is Clio or you segregating those people? So then when you move them over to a new email vertical on Active Campaign, you then send different emails to different people. So if I had a probate issue, I'm not sending them about an islet, they don't know what that is. You're like, so this is the exact stuff we're starting to look into right now. Is this yeah. how, how do we tag what they came in for, what they might need based maybe on ages. I just learned all that for Fireside and different verticals we're running, so I could help you with that. That would be awesome, yeah. because it is. Or like, if someone comes in because their kids, they do a plan with us, their kids are eight and 10 years old, well, we kind of know their age, we do have their ages, you know, again, so it's like, what, when are they gonna retire? You know, knowing like what life milestones are coming up down the road and being able to kind of target for that. Yeah, and or let's just say someone just went through a probate issue and they inherited, call it 10 million bucks, 
you know, they now have an estate issue. Yes. Potentially, especially in the state of PA, you guys still have an estate tax there. <laughs> yeah. New Jersey did away with it. Surprised, you know, the communist state we are. <laughs> uh, but we did it. So moving forward, talk about the Google click ads. Yeah. And, and you have talked a lot about that inside the coaching group, which I have watched you do, as well as um, you're starting to do a little bit of coaching in your arena, although you're not an attorney, that actually gives you some autonomy to market yourself a little bit differently than Tracy could do because she's under some more restrictions when it comes to ethics yeah. as an attorney. So, man, when we first started the firm, maybe six months in, we got this opportunity to work with a large company for search engine optimization and a little bit of Google Ads. So we, we took the pitch, took the bait, went in, and were incredibly unhappy. And the engineer in me and said, I can figure this out and probably do significantly better. Everybody says the same thing about that. All the marketing <laughs> agencies. They're going to pay three grand. They're going to get your social media leads. They're going to get you SRO. And yep. a lot of times it just doesn't work. Totally fizzled. Yeah. So I learned it. Um, and so I started doing search engine optimization. That's a long-term play. You, you know, you can get some results, but this is really building content for longer term. We're seeing that pay off now five years in. Um, but as we started building that, we saw some leads. We went, people will come find us online. It's not a lot, but people are coming in that way. And then in 2019, I think, we said, you know what, I want to try some Google ads because then I start testing keywords and you know they keep sending us these coupons like spend 300, get 300 free. And so we tried, you know, maybe a month of $600 and I don't know, maybe 5,000 in revenue went, oh, this is really working. And so we kept amping it up. I kept learning more. Again, I'm spending now these nights. That's a military plane right above us. Oh, damn. That's a big, what is that, C? Five or 17, maybe? Yeah. That's a big boy. That's American muscle right there, baby. Dang. He's flying low. Real low. <laughs> He's running some missions to Taiwan. Yeah. He's got to keep Pelosi in check. So um, you guys continued to, to test this Google click ads, and then you started to increase money supply there. What are you up to now per month in running Google ads and SRO? Right around 9000 a month. Um, and that usually pays us between fifty and 90000 in revenue, depending on how that month shakes out. Mm -hmm. And back to your lead system is 50% of your leads Google now and 50% of the leads are referral or other it's so this year observation yep so this year it just went is pretty much touching now at about fifth close to 50 50 you yeah. know because as we kept putting more and more money into Google you know each year um, it's just coming up to about 50% so you're doing now. roughly close to two hundred thousand dollars a month in revenues between yeah so we you know anywhere you know between one and two you know mm -hmm. it's that's where we're starting to bounce around now and so you know this year we'll probably do like a million one, mm -hmm. and it's that's great, dude. Yeah, and thinking five years ago we were doing one fifty, and we're totally stoked about that. Yeah, and think about the compounding factor in ten years. Again, that was a conversation mm -hmm. we had earlier. Think about ten years from now what that will pay off, especially in the space of SRO and all that long term building that you're building on Google. Absolutely, and a lot of it's that like 
self-limiting beliefs. You know, I think five years ago, we kind of really didn't believe we could could really do this. And now I'm starting to go, ooh, where could we be in five years? Like, let's get creative. Like, that's why we're out here kind of. You know, part of it's like, let's start, take a look around. Should we have an office out here at some point? Is this a kind of a market that we could help in? Where else could we go? And we're starting to go... I think we can scale this and start popping in different areas. And you go, you know, can I go 300 to a million every office I throw in? We can be a big brand. Well, people start to think immediate scale brings anxiety because you remember that first lift, right? Which is that first brand. But once you get to that first dollar amount that you had in your mind, it then becomes a little bit easier and you actually have more time. It's not, oh, I gotta spend more time. And I, no, that's only if you're a control freak. If you build the right systems, it actually gives you more freedom and requires less time in a sense of working and produces more revenues. Oh, absolutely. It's, you start seeing that this scaling, the, the, the larger you build it, some parts do get challenge, more challenging and harder and bigger, but then there's also this side that it actually becomes easier to a some certain degree as it gets larger because I can now actually afford to have a larger team. I can bring more people in. I can find more people that can Give off- Tracy a break a little bit more too. Yeah, you know, I'm good at a lot of things, but I have a lot of shortcomings too. I can hire more people to augment what I do. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Then you can really grow. Now you guys are going for your next office soon, right? Yeah. So we're starting to really talk heavy, probably about Hershey or Harrisburg or Erie. You know, so Hershey Harrisburg are right next to each other in Pennsylvania or mm-hmm. Erie because they're like two to three hours away. Is there a lot of concentration of wealth there that would need this type of planning? Or it's Harris, more- Harrisburg, Hershey, definitely. Um, Erie is a mixed bag. There's wealth, but it's also kind of parts of it can be a poor city. Parts of it are well off. And so, you know, that's where we're kind of testing the waters on what makes sense. We actually partnered with um, a colleague from the old engineering world. Uh, Shout out to Julie Bazalewski. She got a master's in data science and needed to do a project. And so we were able to get some data over to her that we were able to share. And she was able to find zip codes across the country that are similar to the zip codes that work for us right now. See, that's the shit that's out there, man. People just don't realize. And so then she gave, you know, she it was good for her for school and all this, and then she was able to give me this report to go, based on what's working for you, this is everywhere in the country that's similar. Yeah, and then you met Ryan, and we <laughs> had a call, and I said, fuck all that, just come just to Red come Bank and Bayhead. <laughs> it's shocking <laughs> how good of a fit it could be I think be you had here. a conversation with your accountant or another lawyer, and... You had mentioned Red Bank. You were just talking to this guy's office was in Red Bank. And she was like, Red Bank's definitely where you want to be for estate yeah, planning. Yeah, it was an attorney that we had at the time. And she was like, oh, my gosh, absolutely. Like, that would totally make sense. Like, I've never heard of this place. Where is it? And she's like, it's over on the shore. It's like outside the city, but kind of the city, you know, like type of money and people, though. But it's different. She's like, yeah, I could see that being good. I, I truly enjoy driving you around today. And seeing your head on a swivel of, you know, the, the homes that are here, the boardwalk, just the the whole <laughs> setup and scene. It was a fun shock. I had no idea. I think I told you I came across that bridge and saw, like, fishing boats and then came down and kind of could see the beach at one point before I turned on your street and going, this guy, like, lives at the beach. This is the kind of place I'd go vacation. This is where he gets to live every day. Yeah, we're blessed. I was totally just not calibrated. I mean, it's like every turn I was just like... <gasps> What's this? Yeah, I can't believe you're this close. And you have all these restaurants and bars. Oh, and it's so cool here. Yeah, I I, uh, I love that, man. And this is an experience we want to create for more people 
that you know want to come from out of state because it's fun for me. My wife and I both entertain. She's not able to hang out and have drinks with us tonight. We have a very young baby and, <laughs> yes. and a toddler, but we truly enjoy entertaining people and bringing them here to this community. And it can absolutely be a great place. Not to mention, just you and I alone could be a natural jive. Of oh my gosh! Planning together. It fits. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is. Yeah, I'm still just. I'm totally blown away with the area. So I want to go back quick. You talked about the long term play. I think on SRO, huh. get into the weeds on that a little bit and what that yeah. means. So the way those algorithms work, you know, Google's scanning the website. Essentially, it's trying to understand what's on a website from a content perspective. So when someone searches something not on the ad, like the organic search results to show up, the long-term piece is this like brand authority, page authority thing where if you've had a business and a website up for the last 20 years, that kind of counts more, right? There's all these data points to Google in traffic's one, how long people stay on once they hit your website and if they visit more pages, all these things are positives. And a big one is like how long you've been out there, how long the content's been up, how much content you create. So that's where the concept of like blogs comes from and updating pages, right? If you make a website, put all this work in and never touch it again, in Google's opinion, you might've went out of business. Mm-hmm. If you've got well, a blog it's a, it's article, computer's opinion. You know, if, if, a, if a blog's going up every three days, you're very active, you're very re- relevant today, and so like that helps. And so, you know, people sometimes can get frustrated with SEO because you're going from not ranking at all to now ranking on the hundredth page to ranking on the seventieth page to the twentieth page, and you realize that if you're not you know, result one, two, three, four, it doesn't matter. And so people are too impatient and go, you know, hey, you went from not ranking to the sixth page. That's a huge win. It's not gonna make revenue yet, but you're getting there. And that's kind of what we saw. I had all the tools and could track it and go, oh my gosh, we're moving up. We used to not rank, now we rank 44th. Now we rank 21st, now we rank 16th. Where are you at now? We have a lot of rank uh, search terms that we rank top five. That's great. And so then a lot of things too, we can be an ad, you know, the, that map that shows yeah, up yeah. will be in the map and then we'll be underneath it. So then brand relevancy, these guys show up three times for a search for best probate attorney near me. They must be good. Do you they think people think name. that way though? Absolutely. So I don't think that way. And I feel like I know that space. I just think like if I Google like gun dealer and it gun dealer in Spotswood and it says SE Arms, shout out to SE Arms, I want to just call SE Arms. So it shows on the map, but then it gives their number underneath it. I don't think that the brand recognition... Not brand, but like from an aspect of... I think there are people, though, that will say, you guys kept showing up, or we kept doing different searches, and you guys kept coming up. You had to be good. I don't know. You you kept showing up number one. They don't know how it functions. They just go, I threw in probate, estate administration, attorney near me, and just kept showing up one, two, one. They go, you had to be good, so we clicked. Yeah, and and that's what people don't realize. Digital media, social media, which we'll get into next, I have the ability to, no matter where you are, even if you're sitting on the toilet, I can bring Main Street across to you, where you used to have to drive down Main Street and see the ads or see the billboard. Now I can bring it to you no matter where you are. And I talk about consistency. That's why Evan and I are going to continue to show up every week as much as we can. Again, Evan went away. I had a baby sick. But we're going to show up consistently every week, and we're seeing our rankings grow, and we're seeing our, our views grow. The, the people that put in the work do it consistently and just stay on it, 
even when it doesn't maybe seem fun or it doesn't seem like it's paying off and they keep staying in it and then stay in a little longer, yeah. then the magic you happens. The awards. Yeah. So kind of leaving the digital marketing, advertising, Google space, jumping over into the social media. <clears throat> I know for a fact, and, and I hate to speak in the third person like I'm narcissistic, because <laughs> I'm not. I really have been humbled by life and many things. Talking about my daughter, I, that quickly humbles. I'm yes. helpless. Um, motherfuckers laugh at me, man. And they have for a long time with me doing social media. But wow, what a powerful tool it has been for me. Uh, for Evan, um, one of the happiest things that I have, have, have discovered is the business he has picked up because of his skill set of how this looks. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah, like, I wish, up. like, you need, like, a zoom out to, like, see, like, what goes into this or maybe a behind-the-scenes sometime because it's impressive what happens to make this happen. And that's all Evan, right? So it, it's the teamwork <laughs> and, and it's, it's putting in the time together and seeing everybody win. But social media has been so powerful for all of us. Everybody who's been connected to this, everybody who's been on it. Uh, there's been deals done in the franchise space for franchises, I don't want to put their business out there, that have raised you know, a few hundred thousand dollars. There's been other investments into other businesses for six figures. Um, there's been cross sales of business of, hey, Ryan, Evan, you know this guy, connect me with him. And they're yes. both good people, so we connect them. This is doing big shit. And we talked about this earlier, and I've said this before. The type of business I would have to be doing, the amount of entertaining, the amount of events, and don't get me wrong, none of this is cheap. Evan gets paid, and he's worth every dollar, and he should probably raise my bill, even though I don't want to pay it. <laughs> like, it's not... You know, in total of all the little softwares I have and everything, it's a, it's about four grand a month yeah. to run this, and that's not including anything new. We just hired a copywriter, you know, Carly. Um, we're gonna be working with her. I found her in the lion's den. Um, these things cost money, but if we're getting minimum ten to fifteen thousand views a week, and that is minimum, it's a lot of eyeballs. How many people would I have to see a week, Alan, for a coffee, beer, lunch, dinner, whatever it may be? Yeah. I couldn't do it in an annual year. And I think that's kind of, you know, I was sort of an anti-social media guy until pretty well, recently. that's why I'm going to get into it. You know, and that's where I'm seeing it. it's from this like more analytical side of, it's it it scales you, right? I can shoot a video in my office. I can go, man, I want to I share this idea on Google or on self-limiting beliefs or on scarcity mindset or just motivating someone to have the guts to maybe leave their corporate world to be an entrepreneur. And I can shoot a video, put it up, and then have 4,000 people see it in the next 12 hours. You had one recently go 16,000 Yeah, views. you know, like, I don't and know you what you only have, doing. what, 500 followers yeah, or so? Like, I have nobody. Yeah. And you, you go, I couldn't get in, I mean, that's a and stadium. And you didn't pay an ad, you didn't do anything. That's just, a stadium. Yeah. You know, and you go, and that just, that's what social media gives you, and people don't realize that. Yeah. How many eyeballs are out there. They're seeing it. They're thinking about it. They're taking it into consideration, and it lets you be out there. It's, everyone consumes. Very few create. The, the, oh, yeah, I, I've, I've burned plenty of shirts <laughs> and pants. The older generation, too, so much. You know, Jim Retenzio is a part of mine. Wildly successful. Great guy. I love him. 
But Jim hated on the social media and what I was doing. And he has no idea that I'm going to clown his numbers by the time I was his age and retiring. And I'm sure he would like to see that. But it will all be done with the compounding factor of Fireside and every vertical that comes off this. Not to mention the opportunities, and again, compliance, I'm not doing any of it, but the opportunities that have come from investment, from people hitting me up out of nowhere. Yo, I got a million bucks cash. You're connected. What should I do? Yes. That's every week, dude. <laughs> Incredible. That's every fucking week. Yeah. That's not a bullshit. That's every week. I'll post up the, the things and block out people's name and put it up there on my social that media. That is so cool. Every, every day I could post something about that. So I preface all of that <laughs> because you are really naturally kind of a, a, a timid guy. Yeah, I am. Right? You're, you're, you're no joke. You, you, you carry a pistol on you most of the time in PA and <laughs> uh, on your vacations. You're not somebody to mess with. You would protect your family. But you're the type of guy that would also help a ladybug, you know, go, uh, you're, <laughs> yes. you're a good man. And you were a little shy when it came to this. I remember our first couple discussions, you were super, very like super shy. Yeah, about it. Talk about that and then what you have seen kind of happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, the Lion's Den, other people, right? And, and it was this whole kind of concept. I'm like, just be out there. Tell your story. You've got a story worth sharing. And I went, no, I don't. I, I'm not special. I'm just a guy in western Pennsylvania trying to put his head down and keep working hard and make make something for himself and do something special. And it you start to see normal people with these incredibly inspiring stories because they're actually sharing the the raw truth mm -hmm. and you encourage the crap out of me to just dude be you know, stories right i used to type them all out mm -hmm. and you were like shoot videos. video everything you just said just say it to video did you video. ever take me so mean when i was saying that at first and you didn't really know me no cuz i went he's right but i'm too uncomfortable i can't yeah. do this yeah. and finally you know i'd shoot one I, you know, i guess it wasn't so bad you know shoot another one i guess it wasn't so bad and did more of it and became it just becomes more natural and it's now like you a got a video team and a podcast and you're going on all these podcasts right like and it's it's like a workout that first time you work out or you get back in the gym, right? Things hurt, feels awkward. Well, then give it six or eight weeks, right? It feels great. And I think it's the exact same thing. It's like working a muscle, getting on camera, speaking with people, getting your thoughts down. You're killing it tonight. You become like a natural, dude. I pre that means a you lot. You have three like, cameras in your face and two bright lights and people producing yeah, this. It's funny. And, and I, I think like 2017, we started the firm. Like, like this makes me want to freak out. Like I go back to then, I go, why sh like what's what's special or unique or worth sharing or and i think that goes way back to that high school thing i'm like i wasn't cool i was just by myself just sort of doing yeah, that thing. drama kind of comes back up it, in your world you it know does you and don't look like I, a loser or embarrassed. it is and like and it, that's i try to now show people and even help is like get out there talk share something's gonna come cool like something big is gonna come of that and it's it's worth it share it you don't know what's gonna happen unless you do it you need this much of people i said this with dynamic contracts there's 400 million people almost in america that's not counting worldwide there's 400 million people in america if you get an eighth of that that's a lot of eyes on you. A you lot. could you could simply have 500 to 2500 of followers and have a seven figure business. Yes. 
it it doesn't take much. You're gonna get the people that are relatable to you. And what has surprised me the most, it's been the kid from Bricktown who came up with a, walk, a certain walk of life similar to me, to the dude like Basil Iwanek who I had on who was like, I had a chip, I was a Jersey guy. We were the little sister, little brother of New York, yeah. Jersey. I went out to LA and I, I wanted to get into film and I failed out of film school and dropped out and you know I started playing hoops with some of these guys, you know, a low level position in uh, Warner Brothers. That was incredible, like all the people that showed up at those games. Basketball guy, right? You yeah. play basketball. So these things in life actually, you know, turn into positives if, if you channel your mind there. And sometimes it's a struggle for me to do that, right? Because I want to come out the gates like smash mouth. Yes. I'm ready to yes. go. That aggressor is my leading feel-good space. And then I challenge that, Ryan, that's not what you need to do every day. You need to switch up who you are and change it up. And you challenge that in you and switching up. I don't want to be this buttoned-up guy, suit and tie. We had right, that conversation, right? like You called too. me out on it, and, and the first time I was like, no, like, I like, and I still like it. Like, I do like wearing the loafers and the suit and, and the tie. There's, but there's a time and place for yeah. it. You know, and, um, and you did. You called me out on it. The first time or two, I was like... Yeah, fuck I, this kid. I think he's wrong. I don't know. He's wrong. No, we're, we're a law firm. We should be. And then it was like, well, maybe I could dish the tie. You know? Yeah. And, and then now most days, good. you know, it is. I still look professional. I still look good. I can still be in front of a client or talk to them or whatever. I'm a little more comfortable now. Now you roll into the office once in a while with the Jordans on. I do. On. Tracy absolutely hates it. <laughs> <laughs> but I say I'm the creative marketing guy, too, so maybe it's allowed. Yeah. <laughs> but that's being you, and I think yeah. that's what... You know, Sean Whalen gets a lot of hate, man. And and that guy, in a sense, I'm not saying Sean Whalen and I are the same because we are different in many ways. Um, I'm misunderstood. You may have been misunderstood Definitely. in high school, right? And you know what? I can't chase people around trying to be somebody I'm not. You can't do it. And everybody just needs to be themselves. And then once you do that, you attract the right people you like, right? So I know that I go back to anger. That's like a natural thing I go back to, like, fuck you, I don't want to listen to you, you're wrong, smash you in the face. And I may be right, but that's still the wrong delivery. But I think it was, for me, similar, but it's a, I think it was a defense mechanism because of where I got backed into. Yeah. And it's like, I don't have to be that guy. Nope, you don't. And, and, and you always have to work on it because it's a natural thing that could just fly off. So talking about social media, talk a little bit about what you're doing now and what I've seen you progress with over the last three months. I'm tr I, I'm really taking this idea, you know, people would say add value and I don't know if it was Sean Whalen or who, I don't know who it was, said something like if, if a post was going to cost you a thousand dollars how would you write that post or how would you shoot that video? And that one really clicked for me because I was the guy who would like, oh, like cool beer, like let's take a picture of it. And mm -hmm. like, it wasn't meaningful. And now I truly try to say, how can I help somebody take something from this? Which has then made me be more raw and more- Strategic. Yes, and like more helpful. Like I'll get into things that maybe I go, like that's what makes us unique. Cool, like let's share it. Let's help somebody else be unique. Like let's help someone, you know what? if where we're at in five years, like if I could help somebody get there in two or three, like that'd be great. 
So you've hired a team now to come in and do reels in the office. Um, you've set up a whole podcast. You we're getting ready to kick off like a whole podcast series. Yeah. I think two of them. So I think Tracy and I are going to do not this, but like an interview kind of a thing with business partners and things. And then I'm just going to do maybe like a solo or just, just brain dump, just stuff to people. Like I really want to walk through everything we've ever gone through mm-hmm. and just share it to people and just go, that helps someone have the courage to do it. Go, oh my gosh, we're up against that challenge and he's given me how they got through it. I would love to just help people with that. Yeah, I, I love it. And you you set up a podcast. Is that at your personal desk or? Is oh that yeah, separate? yeah. That's just that's where I work every day. Tracy kind of teases me because I got the big you know boom arm with the mic, and she every time she walks in, there's like a little bit more. There's more lights, and she's like, "What are you doing in here?" And I'm like, yeah. I'm, "I'm helping people. I don't know what's going to happen, other than I'm going to stick with it and be consistent. A year, three years, five years, seven years from now, I know it's going to be a net positive. There's guys that are you. There's women like the, yes. Like, the craziest thing to me, it was Gianna selling gold. There's been other women who have reached out to me that are like, dude, when you go off on a story, when you put up a, a clip or you went on a rant, like you fire me up. And I was like, like, and, and I love women. My my mom has taught me to be a respectful man, and I think women are beautiful creatures. But like, I'm kind of a little rough around the edges, you know, like. But those chicks are tough chicks who I appeal to. And that's the base that I want around me. That's the fucking people I want in my tribe. Like my wife. My wife is tough. She's been through the ringer, right? She's, she's, she's had it all go on in her life. Sickness, drugs, everything. Not She never was into drugs, but she's had drugs affect her life <laughs> and her family. And uh, same with me, you know? And uh, there's always somebody that went through similar things that you did and the courage, and that's what lacks in this fucking country, is not enough courage to stand up and say, I'm struggling with this, or stand up and fight for what is right. And the, the monetary sense, the feel good spiritually, in your heart, in your soul, whatever it may be that comes back to you is so rewarding. And I think it's so important to, and I'm not knocking the big guys. I like Ed Milet, Andy Frisell, Sean Whalen, Tony yeah, they're Robbins. They're unrelatable a little bit. But they, right, they are because yeah. like they are so many steps ahead mm-hmm. that like I'm not three, two or three notches to get there. And yeah. that's where I think that's where I'm realizing maybe I can help because I go, if if I'm like within that arm's reach to that person, I can pull them up to me. And then there's, is there the guy that can kind of pull me up to them? And that I think is the beauty of social media is because then we, the people that are opening up, you're like, you can like almost like touch them. So I've had guys on my show, my firm as a whole does a lot of revenues. They, they make a lot of money, but I don't own all that. That's not all my money. Am I around it? And do I see it? And do I help plan with it? Yeah, but my income is not that. Right, I'm pretty open with my income, like to a lot of people, and that doesn't mean if I don't have three million dollars of personal net income to me every year, doesn't mean that I can't help the guy who's trying to make two hundred grand, yes, or three hundred grand, yes. four hundred grand, because I already did it. I took those steps. I definitely can help that guy, and I can help the guy that's looking to make two million who's already making a million because he's doing, he's not doing certain things Correct. that I am doing. Yes, and I think that's. The, the important part to me and that's where I'm seeing like I can help someone I can follow someone else I can then share content from someone else and go oh my gosh I want to highlight this person because like this is the missing piece for you and so that's why you're going to win because you're a good dude bro and that's why you're here I appreciate there's other people who <laughs> have wanted lot. to come here that 
don't ever show up at the pit, and they never will. Your heart's in the right place. You're a great dad, a great husband, and you guys are running an awesome business. So kudos to you. Thank you. So moving forward out of social media, you know, I, I like to talk about particular things that people would would give advice or nuggets to to a young business owner, entrepreneur, law firm, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Talk about something impactful that has hit you in your life, a quote, and I think the quote I know you're gonna talk about, that you think people should focus on and then what it means to you. And you have a plaque in your office that you talk a lot about. Yeah, so I'm really big on the whole man in the arena thing. Um, you know, and right in, when you really read it, you know, oh, it's catchy or whatever, but like, I truly would rather be, I'd rather fail in business, I'd rather go bankrupt, and watch it happen, right? And like, social media has created voyeurs, people that just watch and just on the phone all day, wow, watch, like, comment, whatever. Like, I'm doing it. I'm not saying I'm the best at it. We're doing okay, we're clearly having some success. I'm not saying that we're the best or even the upper quartile, whatever. But I'm doing it, I'm having fun, I'm making my mark, I'm showing my kids like, this is what you do, this is how it can function, you can do this, dad did this, mom did this. Read it. Yeah, read the quote. Read the quote. Oh, okay. Give everyone the quote. Perfect. And this is called Man in the Arena. Yeah, by Teddy, by Teddy Roosevelt after he, um, his presidency was, presidency was over, he went all over the, the, the world and, and said this and said, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Yeah, I ain't going out. I ain't, I ain't going out on my knees. Like if you're doing it, you're doing it, and you're doing it on your terms. We win, we lose, we live to fight another day. That's better than watching. Uh, dude, I, I said it all day long, and I embrace it. Like that type of quote, like brings fuel to my fire. Yeah. Like I'm gonna come get you, and all those people that pepper me with, you know disdain or dislike or or hate i hate to say haters i think it's a corny world word i'm doing it yes are you doing it you know are are you mad about your credit card bills are you mad about the job that you have are you pissed at your boss didn't give you your bonus or your promotion that you thought you deserved you're fucking soft go do it yes i love that scene in wolf of wall street it's before the big steve madden ipo and he's like pick up the phone and start dialing. You know, like dial for dollars. You know, you know, it's like spend the money, create the life you want, put the work in, work with me and I'm going to help you get there. And it's like that is what this is about. You can either watch someone else do it and go, "I would do that if I could" or some other if I could like live again, I would do. It. Like that's all bullshit fade up fallacy. Like we get one go through life. You better make it count because yeah. when you're do something cool. Otherwise it's over. Yeah, like, like why why do something like lame? Like yeah. I I I've never done that. I've been an outsider. I've been a rebel. And um, Trump, love him, hate him. There's a video that he has out that says embrace being an outsider. And I fucking love that. I I think it's so true. And 
Um, it's led him to a lot of success, and I think he's going to continue to have a lot of success and save this country, in I my sure opinion. I sure hope so. Um, but talking about what it leads you to do, and I want to talk a little bit about you camping and doing all those things that you do with your family now. We talked about earlier, you know, you're not tracking your paid time off. What has that meant to you? I mean, it's invaluable, right? And like that is worth more than like whatever we the actually. The dollars and cents. Yeah, yeah, like it is. Like having the RV, like we have a nice big place, yeah. nice house. Yeah. We willingly cram ourselves into a camper every other weekend because we just love it. We're having fun. We're making memories. We're digging. You know, we're camping with like gravel like this and the kids are scooping it up. Maddie's playing with the Barbies. Owen's got his little excavators out and like we're crawling around just having fun making memories. That's what it's about. Like I'm spending this awesome time with them. We're going on different trips. Hard to do when you work for someone. Real hard. It's yeah, maybe once can a year. I, am I allowed year. to do this? Can yeah. I? Does it work with everybody else? Yeah, mm. I'm doing it. Yeah. And I'm going to build the system to allow me. I'm not asking if I can. I'm just doing it. So to close this out, and this has been awesome. I think the longest one to date, and we, got, we went into a lot of detail. People got a lot of great nuggets out of this, and that's when I get most excited. Some people come on the show, and I don't know if they have, like, trade secrets or they get, you know, shock value, these lights and cameras <laughs> in their face. Um, but we gave a lot of great nuggets tonight. Two questions at the end that I like to pose. First one, for any new business owner starting out, entrepreneur, What's one thing that you would leave with them that gives them inspiration or gives them some stability or gives them some, some faith? What's something you would say to them? Um, worst case is never actually like as bad as you think. And so, right, we're so risk averse, I think, that that freezes us up. We're programmed that way. Yeah. And so when you actually like, I've made a lot of decisions with the business, Tracy, as we've done together. Some have been great, some haven't, some have been in between, but like nothing's bankrupted us, nothing shut this thing down, nothing failed us. And what you start to learn is it, things kind of tend to stay more in the middle, you know? So like it might not, you're not probably going to be a billionaire overnight, but you're also not going to be like at the soup kitchen overnight either. And like, if you failed, you can go back to the defense contractor. Like that's my worst case scenario yeah. is doing something I didn't love. Uh, that's not being homeless. Yeah. The it's bug, just, a bug is literally down your throat. It's, I get it. It's, it's, no, it's on here. Oh, feel it. Yeah, he's on your shirt. Get him out of there. Get him. We'll swipe him out. <laughs> <laughs> still, he likes that bright orange. Um, a second thing is usually talking about business owners in your area that you want to give a shout out, or people that we know in the den or in your digital space. Yeah. Um, give a local business owner to you, or somebody that's a strategic partner of yours um, with the Zimmer Law Firm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely give a you know, big shout out to uh, my chiropractor, you know, Nate Reese and uh, his wife, Beth. Um, they just, they're good people that do things the right way. They're a local business um, in the Cannonsburg area, which is really like the town where we're at. They're just, they're good folks. They're good patriots. They stick up for what's right. They've, I mean, through COVID and just kind of things, I mean, they're not afraid to say like. They got courage. They, they really do. Like you look at people like them and go, you're doing things the right way. Like you're, you are good folks running a good business, helping people. I'm big into chiropractic care. It's really changed my life. 
and then like the way they they handle all of that yet like with compassion and love like they're not like kicking people out but yeah. they're just like i'm who i am you like it but if not i can help you too yeah and, and i i fully agree chiropractic acupuncture shout out to thrive here locally uh aj and and his old team tj the girls danielle debbie nikki all of them clint they do a great job over at thrive uh also a freedom loving guy aj's a little a little reserved with putting that patriotic <laughs> out there, but I get it. He's a little close to Avon and the libs. Um, uh, talk about somebody in the digital space, someone we may know in the coaching group together that has inspired you yeah. or you've been talking to or watching a lot and they've given a lot to you. Yeah. Um, shout out Amanda Katarzy. Um you know, you just share a lot of value and just things with social media. And she's helped me just polish up some little details. And probably even part of this was I reached out to her and said, how the heck do you get on podcasts? And she told me things she had done earlier to get on. And I've been starting to record with other people and be on other shows and things and even gave me the confidence, honestly, someone I knew to just say, like, maybe I'll put an application and yeah, see. Yeah, I get on. Yeah. And, um, so, yeah, huge shout-out to her. Just, again, she's just trying to help people and gives a ton of value and doing some awesome things. Yeah, and shout-out to the Lions Den. I mean, there's a lot of people in there that That's are— That's why we know each other. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of very baseline new business owners. And I think a lot of these coaching groups, like, everybody goes into it. I've seen it in the real estate space, the financial planning space, and that's not even stuff digitally. It's going to it in person. Everybody's going there looking for the million-dollar ticket, just like a weight loss pill. They're looking to take the pill. (laughs) Like It's the little nuggets that you could pick up. And the Lions then, and Sean, he's misconstrued. He's taken the wrong way. Like That's a pretty impressive group. Um, You get what you look for in those things. Yes, you do. And I think... Once, you know, I don't know, I, I get them both literally like what he says, but sometimes too, when you realize what he's built or how or why he does things, yeah. I, I kind of see that very way too. Very strategic. He's very strategic. And so I feel like sometimes people like us get a second level of nugget from yeah. in there. And that's been very worthwhile. We'll talk about his recent uh, issue with the FTC. Um, I don't know the law. I'm not a lawyer, but the short story is he thought he was making a product in the USA because you can buy a blank T-shirt from Indonesia, China, Vietnamese, whatever it may be, and I don't think many blanks are made in the US at all. Um, And then as long as you tag it, bag it, and have a warehouse here, ship it from, you're doing most of the manufacturing here, you could say it's made in the USA. And I guess some rules were changed up and the liberal media is crushing him. They're going after him left and right and all it has done is had his website traffic up a thousand percent. His sales are through the roof, two hundred percent. I'm happy for him. Like, yeah. and, and, and he, but like mindset, right? Some this could defeat some people. This could make people all close, yeah, in. close in. And he's owning it. Yeah. He, he under he said, "This is what happened. I paid my fine because it did change, and we were in the wrong. It's what it was." And now he's been on. He was on Yahoo USA Today, Drudge. I mean. Yeah, all of them. The whole country knows who and, Sean and, Whalen is. And, and it's crazy. He's had some death threats to his, and, to his, again, to right. his workers. And, and, and that's the shame of where things have gone today is yeah. people can't just say, 
I mean, we agree, but like we disagree. Like, yeah. just be adults about it. The, the, this has gone so out of control with people well, going. Like the we crazy disagree. guy who tried to, to to kill Kavanaugh and his family. He thought he was going to change the trajectory of the bench because he was going to kill a, a like, conservative justice, totally along with nuts. two others. Yeah, this guy had. That's that's not the way America works. No, and as angry as I may get. As much as I may listen to conspiracy theorist guys on the right and on the left, like I'm not looking to go harm anybody no. with my AR-15. I'm not looking to do anything wrong. I'm looking to show up at the ballot box and fucking beat you. I'm looking to market and beat you. And that's real democracy, and that's what we have to get back to. Everything that they are doing is to push us against each other and to act out violently when we need to just use the law and the system that was created by our founding fathers many, many years ago. And I think a guy who's been really showing, I think, some great content on that has been Andy Frisella lately. Yeah. With like, he's going all put in. the bullshit aside. That flag is our flag. That's for all of us, yeah, all, all Americans. Us. Let's all come Black, together. White, under green, that. yellow, gay, yes. straight, whatever. As That's long as us. you're a good person. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, dude, this has been awesome. I, I really appreciate you coming out. No, Tomorrow we're going to tour more I'm of the pumped. area. I'm excited that <laughs> yeah. you're here. I, I want other people to come in and experience all this. And uh, I think we have some great nuggets for your listeners, for my listeners. And thank you again. And thank Tracy. I know she can't be here. You have two children at home. She's doing the hard work at home tonight. Thank you so much. Love you with what you're doing for the kids. Let me come out here. And shout out to your two beautiful kids. Yep. They're, they're very cute. I'm glad he's loving his tractor. Yes. Thanks for letting me come out. Cheers, brother. Thank you.